everybody. Welcome back. I am so excited to be sitting here today with my good friend, Amon Costigan. I'm so happy to have her as my first guest on the podcast. And I think it's going to be a really, really great conversation. And it really is so full circle, Amon, to have you on here, because as I was getting ready for this show today, I was starting to think about back when we met in like the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. So before I let Amon introduce herself and, and give us her story and her scoop, Amon and I met at this uh, virtual couples retreat. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I think we were both at a very pivotal point in our lives where we had been practicing law for some time and we were starting to realize that maybe, maybe we wanted to do things differently, you know? And so we, we met at this couple's retreat where we were talking about money and abundance and creating our dream lives in conjunction with our partners. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits. And so we're in this retreat creating our dream lives in the midst of a global pandemic and like complete confusion and fear and all of this unknown. And so it's just, I'm so happy that you, Amon, are my first guest on the podcast because I have loved watching you just grow over the past few years. I think that you are such an incredible example of being an attorney and living a life that you love and that is really truly authentic to yourself and that you can really be an attorney. You can be in the practice of law and still be you, be happy, create all of your dreams. And so I'm so happy to have you here today, Amon. Amon is an attorney. She's a mom. She's the founder of Beyond Yoga for Lawyers, a company that provides amazing yoga classes uh, for for attorneys. So I'm going to let him on take the stage, but I just had to give that intro because I was just in my feels today thinking about how we met and how far we've come in just a few, a few short years. Oh, Lauren, I'm so touched. Oh my gosh. Um, I think I'm going to replay that self that for myself whenever I need a hype up, uh, that, <laughs> you know, it's, I am totally with you. I was nodding along as you were sharing that. But yeah, it was a huge pivotal time for us um, in looking back, right? And just to look at how much has changed for each of us uh, since that time, like even January 2020, right? Like we you have three babies now, you have your own law firm, I have a side business, like apartment buildings. Um, it's just, it's crazy to think about, you know, <sighs> the pandemic. And that's when we started like looking at that in our lives and where we've come in in that time with small little steps along the way. So oh, I know it's so, so true. Nice. And I'm, I meant every word because I love just looking at what you're doing every day and just remembering that, you know, it's, it's amazing to work on your mindset and it actually like it plays out and it translates into real life and into real changes. So that was, you know, like three years ago. And like you said, in that time period, you started a business. I started a law firm you and Tom started investing in real estate. Andrew and I started investing in real estate. We had kids and that's just a short period of time. And it just goes to show, you know, we were both, for me personally, that's really when I started to get into the coaching mindset and realizing the power of what working on your mind and working on your life and really taking a step back and saying, I think anything is possible for me. So 
what is it that I want to happen? How do I actually want my life to play out rather than just, you know, going along with the status quo of what we think we should be doing as attorneys or what we think we should be doing as moms or, or whatever it is. And so that's why I'm just, I'm so thrilled you're here because, you know, this podcast is all about showing law students that they don't have to just do it one certain way, you know, just because they see everyone else around them telling them to do it a certain way or to act a certain way or to take certain steps or go down a certain path or that, you know, success has to look one way. Otherwise you're not successful. That's the whole point of this podcast and showing people examples like yourself. And you're one of the best examples that I could possibly think of to show people that you can do it your own way, be successful and live like a really freaking cool life. Like you just finished your maternity leave and I watched you the whole time you went on. Tell us about your maternity leave really quick. I know this is not one of the questions, but I just, you have to share cause it's just so cool. Yeah, for sure. So I want to say, I know we're talking about all this stuff now and like what's happened in the last three years, but I want to say, I haven't always been this way. And I, it's taken a lot of work. Um, and I'm really thankful that I've taken the steps to do it, but I have not always been this way. And I've been a, a rule follower, right? And I've been checking the boxes all along the way. So I want to say that, that, that it's possible for people who, you know, think that, oh, I can't be like her. I used to be, uh, <laughs> A certain way, right? I was always in library studying, um, thought I, you know, I didn't have as much fun in law school as I wish I would have had, but, um, now I'm having fun and I'm so happy that I'm bringing back fun. So yeah, my maternity leave, it was intentional, right? So let's be honest about that. It just didn't happen on its own. So what I decided to do, um, is take a 10 month maternity leave. Uh, you can take longer here, but I chose 10 months. My husband, who's also a lawyer, litigator decided to take a five month paternity leave. So we actually went, uh, when my son was three months old, we went to Portugal and Amsterdam for six weeks. And people told us you shouldn't go. So cool. It was the tail end of COVID. Um, but we're like, no, we're going because we don't know when we're ever going to get this time or opportunity to do this again. So we planned that and we just went. And um, after that, we came back and I fulfilled a dream of mine, which was to be an extra in a Christmas Hallmark-esque movie. And so I went and did that with my son because, you know, being an extra, you're there all day. And, uh, you know, sometimes in the legal practice, uh, that doesn't always work out where you can just kind of go last minute um, and go do those things. So I so decided, true. let's go. I had a three, uh, he was five months old the first time and then seven oh. months the second time that I went. And so I went and did that. And then I also did uh, six days at a spiritual women's retreat in Tulum that I went to. And my husband was so supportive in me going. And yeah, I had a little bit of mom guilt, but I just went. And honestly, I have no regrets at all. I love it. And I love that you really, like before you took your maternity leave, while you're pregnant, you intentionally decided what you wanted to do. And you said, okay, people may say it's it's a bad idea or it's impossible even. How many times do people tell us something is impossible or that something is one way or another, like it's like a finite rule, you know, and you went ahead and you did it and you did it in your own way. And it was so, it was so fun to watch, especially as a new mom myself. I was like, it was just so fun to watch you just doing your own thing and being your own person. I, I just love it. I love it. And so I want to talk a little bit about money. And I know that was one of the big topics when we first met in the couples retreat, um, you know, talking about finances and meeting with our partners and really 
you know, kind of peeling back the layers of where are we with our money? Where do we want to be? What are some options to make money besides just being a practicing attorney? Um, and I know we did a lot of like mindset work around it. So I want to know one my, my first question, and I'm so, so excited about this is how have your views towards money and wealth changed from law school to now? And what was your biggest mindset shift? Sure. So I think it's been uh, threefold. Like I kind of looked at it as an evolution. So I grew up very like multiple jobs at a time because I grew up thinking that, you know, you never know when you're going to lose a job. My parents always taught me to buy everything in cash. So my first car was in cash. I paid for my undergraduate degree with scholarships, bursaries and money that I had gotten from uh, my jobs. And so my parents were very much like don't have debt. So that's how I kind of grew up. I had to take debt uh, to go to law school. Um, so I ended up kind of coming out of law school with this view of gotta have no debt, I gotta pay it all off, and I gotta build back up my savings account, and I gotta keep working until that happens. And so I actually did do that. I paid off $98,500 in three and a half years right after law school. So oh, I wow. like, went hardcore at paying off that money. And then it just shifted to, okay, now we need to uh, max out the retirement accounts and the, in I think in the States it's the 401k, the Roth uh, and the, um, Roth, is it the IRA and mm -hmm. the 401k? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're different in Canada. And anyway, so I went like hardcore at trying to max those out. And then it kind of became like, okay, like what is this all for? Like I had kind of that moment of what is this all for? And I got a little bit into the financial independence retire early community or also known as the fire movement. So I ended up um, actually starting an anonymous blog about um, saving money and how I was, you know, tracking money and having conversations with Tom, my husband about money. Oh my gosh. I don't think I even knew loans. about this. Yeah. I don't actually tell people cause I was anonymous and I was writing for lawyers and this was before I started beyond yoga for lawyers, but that is so cool. I had no idea. Yeah. So it's actually where I ended up going to FinCon. So the personal finance conference in Washington nice. in September, 2019, which is actually where I met our couples coach and is actually why I signed up for the couples coaching that you and I met at, which is crazy to think back on. Oh my gosh. So full, full circle. I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah. So I went from kind of the extreme of like saving money and then to finally um, going on that fire movement. And then now I've kind of stepped back when you were talking about, you know, we got uh, clear about our money, our mindset and plans with money. And that's when I've kind of stepped back to be like, OK, do I want the retire early part? No, for me, I want the financial independence. And so that is where the last three years or maybe even five years have been kind of focused between my, me and my husband is like, on that financial independence path of breaking down all the things that you like, you know, that we've been taught about money and that you need your law job in order to make money. And, um, you know, you need that salary and like that there's no other way that it's kind of like, it's your law job or nothing else because you went to law school. If you didn't go to law school for that, then like, why did you go to law school kind of thing? So it's really been a change to that financial independence aspect and building that up for myself and for my husband so that we can choose things that we want to do and have freedom and we decide what we're going to do with our time, what we're going to do with our money versus money kind of controlling us or those golden handcuffs, um, you know, being stuck on and not being able to get them off. And so it's so interesting. I think one of the biggest things that when you were talking really stuck out to me, Amon, was how you went from, okay, 
debt is bad. That was kind of your, your money story from growing up. And I, I had a very, very similar money, money story where my parents were like, are you sure you want to go to law school? It's very expensive. Like they didn't, that was the only concern. You're going to have a lot of debt. So you kind of went from that and then you paid off your debt very quickly, which I want to talk about that in a minute. And then you kind of went into, okay, well, it was safe. I paid off my debt and now I need to put this money into retirement accounts. So it's like you kind of just replace the paying off the debt with the, with the retirement accounts rather than actually thinking that you could spend the money or whatever. And so it's so interesting to hear like how that you then shifted from that to, oh, wow, there are other ways to make money besides just my salary and it's okay to spend money. I don't have to save every penny. It's still important to be safe with your money and smart, but it's so cool to hear how, because this is something we talk a lot about in, in the law school blueprint for her and the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad is your money and the way you act towards your money and the way you create money and retain money all ties into your money story, which usually comes from your childhood and how money was talked about in your home and how money was spent and how money was saved and, and all of that. And so it's so cool to hear that it was like really a mindset shift that then happened that allowed you to really start to create more and more wealth. You went from being safe to being more creative and you learned about money and you read about it and you kind of went from, you know, I kind of did the same thing where I was very much into the fire type of community, you know, the retiring early. And then I moved on to more of the, okay, well, you know what, how can I create more money? How can I do things that I really enjoy in my life rather than just kind of putting money away? Um, so it's really cool to hear. I feel like we've had like a similar path and a similar kind of evolution. Hold on one second. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute. I want to invite all of you really quick to an exciting party Aman Costigan of Beyond Yoga for Lawyers and myself, Lauren Klein, are going to be hosting a back to law school vision board party. So you can get together with your closest friends virtually and with Aman and myself to manifest the best law school year ever. We're going to go all through how to create your own vision board. We're going to share big goals, exciting things, and we're going to help you put it together. So as you go through your new semester, you can look at this incredible vision board and manifest your best law school year ever. This is something that I do every single year and I update it as the year goes. I have it in my office and I look at it. It encourages me. It reminds me of where I'm going and it reminds me of my big goals. And I know you're going to want to do the same as well. We're going to be hosting this party on July 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to sign up, you can go on our social media handles, which we'll have in the show notes, or you can sign up at the link right here. Join us. It's going to be an absolute blast. You don't want to miss it. Bring all your friends, bring your bubbly, some champagne, kombucha, whatever it is that you want, and let's have a great time. All right, now back to the episode. Towards towards our money and, and towards wealth. It's, it's cool to hear. Yeah, no, and I, one thing I uh, just, you reminded me of was lifestyle creep. I actually got, so as I was, you know, putting all the money into my retirement accounts and my tax taxable and tax-free savings accounts. I also bought a Mercedes uh, 
right when I became a lawyer. And so I was added to debt. As much as I was committed to paying off the debt, I was, I was sucked into the lifestyle creep. You know, I have three Prada bags. I have other bags. I have, you know, I started buying the $500 suit instead of the $100 suit. People started asking us because I'm also married to a lawyer. They're like, when are you going to upgrade your house? When are you guys moving? Like making comments about how our house, our house sucks. Um, yeah. you know, and then my husband also bought a Mercedes, a, uh, AMG C63. So, you know, we're both driving around in Mercedes and, you know, just, I guess what society was kind of saying to us, what lawyers should be doing rather than, I think that mindset shift of like stepping back and being like, no, I, what do I want to spend my money on that makes me happy and deciding for yourself and taking that moment to pause and say, no, like bags and expensive jewelry don't make me happy. Yeah. I like to have, don't get me wrong. I like my nice things, but like, I don't need to have five or more of them. I want maybe one or two, but then maybe for me, travel is super important and we want to have money to do that. So we live in our house that, you know, we're slowly upgrading over time and making it our own. But in the meantime, we're spending extravagantly and luxuriously on, you know, trips to Amsterdam and Portugal and, you know, the 12 flights that my son's been on since he was born, you know, less than 10 months ago. So you got to decide consciously. No, it's so true. And I think what happens to so many of us, when we graduate from law school and when we're in law school, is we kind of see what everyone else is doing and we accept it as as the gospel when it comes to money. So everyone's just trying to get the, the highest paying job possible, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes they're not even entering into areas of law that they're interested in. And then they get into this job and then they see everyone else buying the really nice cars and the nice bags and you know, maybe spending a lot of money on food or whatever it is. And not to say that the cars, like you said, or the bags or anything is bad or good, but it's a matter of stepping back and saying, what do I actually care about? You know, not just looking around and doing what everyone else is doing and just, you know, maybe overspending or over, I always say the overs, over drinking, overspending, overworking to kind of drown out what actually is going on in our lives and to start, we start to like step away from who we really are and who we really want to become and just focus on what everyone else is doing. And that is something that I really, really, really want to share with the, the, the future lawyer community is you don't just have to get sucked into the way that everyone else is doing it. You can really do it your own way. And whether that means getting a nice car or not, or, taking really nice trips or not is like, there's no right or wrong. It's just who you want to be. So I think that's really cool that, you know, the biggest mindset shift has really been just being authentic to yourself. And, you know, sometimes that takes a while to learn, but my hope is that if people hear this when they're in law school or even before law school, really start to sink in that there is no right one right path to success, you know? So going along the same, the same line, what would you say is the best choice that you've ever made with respect to money? And what was the biggest mistake? And I, I, I always feel like mistakes are just lessons, but I wanted to word it that way intentionally because I want people to really hear about the ups and the downs of money while you're practicing law and, and living life. Yeah, so I think the best choice would be having a savings rate um, of for my husband and I, it was 50%. So for, like I was saying at that time about when we were interested in the fire movement and, you know, in that community and listening to what people were doing, we increased our savings rate. And 
that meant having an opportunity fund or what some people call an emergency fund for in like what ended up working for us is that for investments. So we also invested in a local startup business. Um, we've been able to take that money that we saved in the opportunity fund to invest in real estate. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of people out there who have, you know, $90,000 or $160,000 that they're willing to, um, invest or that they have quick, easy access to. And we were, um, saving a lot of our um, incomes that we were able to seize on these opportunities when people came to us because we had put the message out there. We're looking to, you know, make these investments. If you know anybody, come back. And the, the comeback never came right away. It came yeah. over time, right? So it was yeah. like two years later, five years later, things came back and we were ready and in a position um, to do that. And I think the other thing that's been really beneficial and that I highly recommend is having conversations about money with your partner, whether you're married or not, I don't think it matters, but having that conversation, this is what I'm planning to do. This is what I want to do. These are my future plans. How do we make that happen? Um, and then looking at your money and knowing like where it's going, how much you're saving, how much you're investing, how much you're earning. Um, you know, you don't have to know the nitty gritty details and look at it every single day, but you know, you should know what's happening with it rather than avoiding it or ignoring it. Ah, oh, it's so true. It's so true. I think Everything you just said was really, really powerful. But I think the, the biggest takeaway that I got was you started your opportunity fund before you really even had any opportunities. So you you basically said, we're not going to use this money for things that we want or need. We're going to set this money aside. So when you actually had an opportunity or opportunities come your way, you were ready. And so I think so much of setting your intention of where you see yourself, you know, one year, three years, five years from now. So I have a lot of law students who are like, well, I'm not really making that much money when I'm in law school. And you know, that may be the case or not. And there may be ways to make money or not. But the point is, if you start to intentionally design your life one year out, three years out, five years out, you can have that opportunity fund or whatever the equivalent would be ready to go. And so when that opportunity comes your way, you don't miss it because I think that's what happens in life. You know, sometimes things just come our way and you either have the chance to take it or it's just going to pass you by. And that's so cool that you, you really intentionally set that money aside and you said, we're not going to use it. We can enjoy this money. We can reward ourselves, you know, for all the hard work. I think that's a trap that so many people fall into, not just in law, it's like you feel stressed or you feel anxious or feel, you feel like you work so hard that you just want to reward yourself in the short term. But look what you guys have been able to do by just really foregoing the access to that money for not even that long of a period of time. And then when, you know, uh, the ability to invest in an apartment building came your way and when the ability to invest in a startup came your way. I mean, that's so cool to be able to say, yes, we are ready. We planned for this, you know, let's do it. That's really cool. Yep. Yeah. And it's still scary. Like, don't get me wrong. We plan for it. And we're like, if somebody comes knocking, you know, we're ready. But of course our lawyer brain and you know, the, we're very risk adverse. And I think yeah. I'm a little bit more, uh, prepared to take some risks than my husband is. But I think together we make a really good team in like evaluating and when things come forward, he's really big into investing in the personal finance world. 
And I think that's had a little bit of an effect on me in a positive way, but don't get me wrong. I'm still like when things come up and we're going to spend big chunks of money, like I would think that, you know, anything over $10,000 for me is a big chunk of money and I need to think about it. And it's not just like, oh, we saved it. Yeah, here you go. Like, no, I could buy a Bentley with some of these things. Right. And so I'm like, well, would I prefer that or a nicer house? Do I upgrade? Right. So you really, it's always that like self check and coming back to your values and your priorities and what you've decided is personally important to you versus what everybody else around you, family, friends, um, are saying that you should be doing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. And I mean, I think, I think having the ability to say, I'm going after what I really want in the long term, because like when you invest in real estate or you invest in a startup, it sounds a lot sexier than it really is. Like you may not see a return on that money for a little while or a long while, or you may decide to take any returns that you get and just invest it in something else. And so, you know, I I feel like a lot of people don't invest in things like real estate because it's, it's not as sexy as it sounds like we, so since we did the couples retreat, Andrew and I have bought two investment properties. One is an Airbnb that we run here in South Florida and the other is a long-term. And we really don't use that money. Anything we're making from those businesses and they're, I mean, they're doing well. They're both making well, really good money. South Florida is just real estate is insane right now. And vacation market is absolutely insane, but we're not taking that money and really doing anything with it. We're putting it back into the business. We're in it for the long run. You know, we want to buy more real estate. We want to have more investment opportunities. And I think it's just, really hard, especially for young attorneys fresh out of law school or even people who are in law school to kind of put aside the immediate gratuitous return on whatever they're doing and say, you know what? No, I need to think ahead. And I think that's why mindset work and money really do go hand in hand because it, it just allows you to step back, you know, and I know you and Tom have been so great at keeping up with the quarterly you know, retreats that we were doing when we did the program, Andrew and I have not been as good about it. (laughs) Unfortunately, we still do parts of it, but you guys have been very intentional and I'd like to get back into it more because I feel like it really allows you to just say, okay, where were we? Where are we now? Where do we want to be? What did we do? Right. What felt good? What didn't feel good? And just sitting down and analyzing your thoughts and your circumstances around your life and your money it allows you, I think, to make decisions and to plan ahead in ways that you wouldn't if you were just kind of going through the motions of the day to day, you know, which is so easy when you're an attorney and you're busy. Yeah, I've been nodding my head like furiously. <laughs> I know people who are listening can't can't uh, see that, but I've been nodding. Yes, 100 percent. I totally agree. And just taking that moment to pause, like we all just kind of like, oh, I just don't have time. I just got to move on and do the next thing. Or, you know, I've just got to keep going. You know, I can't stop. And I think for us, what's really been life changing is the ability to press pause and stop and be like, no, this is our time. We need to figure out what we're doing with our life because otherwise our time just gets split into so many different things. Like whether it's people, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, just trying to keep up with life, our time just gets slotted to everything. And we just, I think some of us are just used to saying yes to everything that comes our way. And you'll just give all your time away to everybody else. And then what about, you know, yourself and planning your own life? And I just think that taking that time is so important, even though I gave it up for like, I gave that up 
for the first, you know, five, six years of my practice. So I'm saying this now in hindsight, 11 years later. So I want to touch on something you said about not having enough time, because this is something that I personally have really focused a lot of my attention on in my own mindset work. When I was in law school and my first like five years of practicing law, I always, and I know you talk about this sometimes too. I always told everyone around me and myself that I didn't have time. That was like my thing. I don't have time. I don't have time, which I look back now and I'm like, okay, everyone has the same amount of time. So I was just choosing, I was choosing where to spend my time, you know, whether it was actually the things I wanted to be doing or not. So how, how have you kind of worked through that whole myth of not having enough time? Because I mean, you're practicing law, you're, you're a mom and you have your own business, which I want to talk about. How do you, how do you have the time and how did you get over that myth of there's not ever enough time? Yeah. So it's still for me a practice, right? It's still like things I'm learning and trying. Um, but I'm like you, I was the same. I'd always be like, I can't, I have to work. I'm too busy. I would skip out on other people's like events. They'd invite me. I'd say, yes, the day would come. I'd be like, no, actually, I don't really feel like going. I'm not going to go, or I have too many things or, you know, I would always find a way to wiggle myself out. You know, I didn't go to my grandma's or my grandmother's funeral because I, you know, I was too busy and I couldn't go. And anyway, just, I've made some decisions that I would not, um, I think nowadays I wouldn't make because I think like you, I'm also consciously reminding myself that, no, it's not that I don't have enough time. It's that I'm deciding where I'm putting my time. And sometimes I decide to watch a show for, you know, three hours and not do that thing that's on my calendar that I said I was going to do. So for me, it's really getting specific and honing in on what's my priority for the quarter. So you mentioned the couple's uh, retreats that we do. So when, when we're finished that from the weekend, Tom and I each come out with our goals for that quarter. And so I actually have them in the bathroom and I look at them, you know, multiple times a day, they're in the bathroom and it says, these are the things that I'm focused on. And we have a maximum of three right things that I'm going to do in that quarter. And it's possible that I won't even get to all three, but it's like, these are the three things. So if something comes outside of these three things, I need to decide consciously, am I going to say yes to it? Can I say yes in this quarter? If it's not this quarter, then I need to say next quarter. And so I really try to prioritize what's important for this quarter and what I'm focused on. And so I decide that ahead of time, which has been huge. I also um, have been uh, playing around with putting money toward conveniences. So I know when you're coming out of law school, that's not a thing. And I did everything myself and I totally get it. I barely dry cleaned my suits uh, back then, right? But now that's changed. And I think over time it will change. And for me, I pay money. We have a meal delivery service. We don't cook any meals. We have a, a company that comes by. They deliver meals on Tuesday. We, When we get back from a long vacation, like Amsterdam and Portugal, I actually had a woman who I hired. She's called the personal concierge. She came and brought um, a Christmas tree and she made us a dinner and filled up my fridge with a few items. And oh, I'm awesome. willing to... Pre- to pay for that convenience and we have a house cleaner. And so we've paid for that kind of convenience to have that time back on the weekend. But I'm saying that now 11 years out, right? That's not something I was doing um, early in my career, but at the same time, I never actually honestly thought that the things that I've done in my life now or the things that I have are things that I ever thought possible. So just planting those seeds of what is possible that you can decide where you put money. So yeah, I don't put it in like a brand new fancy house. I put it in conveniences so I have more time to spend with my husband and my son and go travel. And I think, you know, I think especially as you get into your career more and you start to 
figure out, you know, what you're going to be earning and where your career is going, I think it is important to take a step back and say, okay, what is my time worth? You know, not just my hourly billable rate, but what is my time worth between my business and, you know, your law practice and the time with your family? And if there's something that someone else could do that's below whatever your time value you put on your time, I think it absolutely makes sense to delegate that. And that's something that I've worked on too, is just, you don't have to do everything and you don't have to, you know, you don't, it's really hard for me sometimes. Like I have someone come pick up my laundry and wash it. Cause I hate doing laundry and I know it's just going to sit there for like two weeks and it's not going to get done. And then it's going to get in the way of me with my law practice or with my coaching program or with time with my family. And so I think that, I think that's, I think that's so great. And I'm sure by doing all of that, that has freed up a lot of time for you with your amazing yoga company beyond yoga for lawyers. So I want to know what inspired you to start teaching other attorneys yoga and tell us, tell us about beyond yoga for lawyers. Yeah, sure. So I've been doing this yoga practice for now 10 plus years. So I started right as I got called to the bar, I started going to this yoga um, class once a week. And I honestly believe that it's this, it's one of the reasons that I'm still in private practice. Um, because I don't know if you remember in law school, if they said to you when you were sitting during orientation, they're like, look to your left, look to your right. One of you is not going to be practicing law oh, in yeah. like five years. Yeah. And I was like, that can't be right. We're all here <laughs> to be lawyers. Uh, know, and then so now crazy. I look around. Yeah. Now I look around and, you know, five years out, none of my colleagues are in law anymore. A lot of them women have left the practice of law. And like, obviously some people have made it for the, like for their own personal choice. And I'm not comment like that's, I'm not saying anything about that, but I'm saying about like the stress levels, the burnout, um, the culture, the expectations, like how do you quote do it all? Like that kind of um, stuff that we put on ourselves. And so I just saw like all my colleagues leaving, like good people who I'm like, why aren't I would, you know, I want you to be lawyers. I want you to stay. And so that was part of my drive was that I wanted to share the, the yoga that I'm learning and I want to share it with other lawyers so I can help them in the profession and that I can help be that change that maybe can um, help lawyers stay. And if it's not to stay, then just to lead more happier, joyful, um, restful lives. And I, I personally can attest that your classes are absolutely amazing. I don't remember, was it your first or your second group that I joined? It was right after, it was right after Drew was born. I think I was like two months, three months postpartum, something like that. It was still in the midst of the pandemic. I was, I think it was right around the time I was going back to work too. So it was maybe it was like four months postpartum and it was so nice to have a dedicated time of my day that I knew I was going to be just in my office, closing the door, doing yoga, relaxing. And like the yoga that you teach is very different from most yoga classes that I've ever taken. I remember there was one thing that we did that you taught us where I think, was it the shoulder or was it the length of the arm? I forget what it was now. Yeah, it was probably the magic trick uh, with the shoulder that I yes. probably did because it's just like literally picking up your arm extending it out, like twisting it like a log side to side. 
right? And then imagining the angels coming, grabbing your fingertips, pulling it out just a little bit, creating that space in the shoulder, and then like slowly putting it down. And like, even just doing it right now, you can see in the video that like my right shoulder has like, is like sloped, but the other one is straight across. Like that's literally like a second's worth of work. Like I think the yoga that I teach, like you said, is different than any drop-in class or any yoga. Like, like that's why I've been going for the last 10 years, because it's different than any of the yoga that's out there. And like you said, a committed time to do this and just gives you that moment of consciousness, awareness, a check in with yourself, time to just, you know, be with yourself rather than everything coming at you. And I think also time to be without your phone, which I think is really hard nowadays for us to, you know, put our phones down. And it's just an uninterrupted time to get those ideas, that creativity, like that's where I get a lot of my ideas for both my law practice and for Beyond Yoga for Lawyers and all the other side things that I wanna be involved in and that I wanna start and create for the world. Like I, it's been life-changing for me. Um, and so that's why, also why I'm, I wanna share it. It's amazing, you're so inspiring and it's, it's so cool to just watch how it's all evolved. And I, I feel like you kind of probably had that same epiphany that I did when I start. I started meditating and really working on myself. I realized that I was becoming a better attorney, you know, that my, my career really skyrocketed and I was able to focus and I was able to get more work done in a shorter period of time. And I was able to have the confidence to, you know, really raise my hand more in meetings and network more and say yes to more opportunities, speaking opportunities, other things, because I was becoming more at peace with myself. I was becoming more satisfied and happy in my own life. And so I started really working on my mindset and meditating and doing more yoga and all of the things, all of the mindset things that I started. I mean, I did it all. I was, I think you do this too. I was like pulling tarot cards. Like I literally was like, I will do anything I can to try to continue to be an attorney because I, I really like practicing law. I knew I wanted to keep doing it. Like you said, sometimes for whatever reason, people decide to make a shift and that is completely fine. But I knew that I wanted to stay in the practice of law. And so I was like, I just need to stay sane and do all of these things. But then this crazy byproduct happened where it made me a better attorney, a better human, a better partner for my husband, like all the things I was like, whoa, this is so crazy. I, I had no idea. And so I think it's it's so great that you started this business and that you how many how many groups have you gone on now? What, what's been the amount? Uh, so we're heading on to round four. So I started January, 2021, middle of the pandemic, uh, started doing virtual classes and, uh, basically have been running them since, uh, other than when I had my baby. And so, uh, yeah, the next one started in September. And then I also have the yoga and vision board experience as well that I love doing that I started last year and that I'll be doing again this year and with you too. So super excited that I get to create these things of my own, right? Like that's what I love about having a business. And like you said, all the benefits of meditation, yoga, all those things that you've talked about. I've done astrology. I've done uh, all the things like tarot. Yes. Um, and human design. I'm into human design as well. And so I just love learning about myself and being able to have no rules Whereas the practice of law is a little different, uh, but I like to have no rules and just we get to create whatever we want on our own terms. And I just love that about what we've both created. Yes, it's so awesome. And we'll definitely put all the links to 
your next group yoga class um, session coming up and your vision board party. And then we'll also put links um, in the show notes that I'm so excited that you're going to be joining me in the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad, teaching law students yoga and showing them these practices that have really helped so many attorneys at this point enjoy their law practice, enjoy their life. And we'll, we'll put in the show notes as well. We have a really fun uh, collaboration of a vision board party, the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad vision board party. Really excited about kicking off the new year, whether it's for 1Ls, 2Ls, 3Ls, you know, wherever stage they are in law school, really coming together, setting aside some time to intentionally design and dream about their, their, you know, their future law careers and that year that they're going into in law school, especially, I hope, you know, we have a lot of rising 1Ls in that vision board party, because if you can start working on this stuff when you're in law school, oh my God, if I would have known what I know now, or even five years ago, it would have saved me so much stress and anxiety and grief and, and mistakes. Although I know mistakes are really nothing but lessons, but it would have been so great to have this type of tribe and this type of community to watch and learn from, you know, when, when we were both in law school. Um, before I go to my last question, I do want to ask, is there any book that you really love with respect to mindset or anything? I know a lot of my audience is always looking for good book recommendations. I know when you're in law school, you may not want to do a ton of extra reading, but I do get this question quite frequently. Yeah, so I actually did not read anything outside of textbooks outside of law school um, oh, because either. I didn't. I was like, I can't do any more reading. I can't. Same. Uh, even as a yeah, even as a young lawyer, I was like, honestly, like I'm just reading all day long. I can't sit and read before bed. But now, eleven years later, I have incorporated a little bit of reading uh, into my nighttime routine. So I picked uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. So it's all about resistance. And the resistance that you feel, and you and I have kind of talked about this, um, you know, that like that discipline aspect of um, immediate gratification for things versus sitting down and doing the the work, um, you know, that you and I like creating this podcast, right? Like you could be doing something else uh, with your time, but you've consciously decided to be here. Yeah. And so I just really felt that this um, book on resistance really resonated and really helped me understand and really just give myself some kindness for when I don't feel like doing things. And it's totally normal. Oh, I haven't read that one yet. Okay. I'm going to add that one to my, to my, my book list. That's awesome. I love, I love new book recommendations that I have not heard of. That's exciting. Okay. We're coming down to the end here. So I want to ask you uh, the same question that I'm going to be asking all of my guests, because I think this is something that so many people want to know. If you could tell your 1L self anything, anything at all, what would it be in, in general with respect to money, anything? What, what would you tell your 1L self, Amon? So in general, I would tell myself to have more fun. I was always of the scarcity mindset. You know, I had to get the good grades because I had to get the job. And then once I got the job, I had to pass the bar. You know, like I it was just always this checklist and, you know, I couldn't be doing other things because I should have been studying. And I feel like if it wasn't for Tom, I wouldn't have even had the fun that I had in law school. And then for money, I would say, I know this is going to sound contrary to everything maybe I've said earlier, but I decided to start working earlier after law school. So traditionally people would start in July. I was like, no, I got to start right away. Tom, my husband, he's like, I'm going to Australia for two weeks. 
And I was like, no, I can't go because I don't have the money and I don't want to put take out more loan to go to Australia. So I had the time, but not the money. And now I've got the money, but and I'm working <laughs> on getting back that time, right? So I would have gone on that trip now in hindsight. Mm. Yeah, the, the one thing I, I had a friend in law school the first summer between 1L and 2L year, we had a, a study abroad program in Madrid or just outside of Madrid. And I, I was not going to go. I was like, I can't afford it. I cannot make this happen. And she she really sparked my love of travel. And she also kind of flipped just my whole stubborn mindset on, on its head. She's like, it will be less expensive. Like she compared the cost of staying home and taking classes in law school in Miami or going on the trip to Spain. And she's like, it will actually be less expensive than if you stay here. And it just, it threw me for a loop. And I was like, okay, I guess I need to do it now because once I'm practicing and once I have a family, it's going to be a lot harder. Now, now, as I think you're the same way, you know, judging by your amazing trip you took on your mat leave, that it's all completely possible. It's just a matter of being intentional and scheduling and all that good stuff. But I think that's, I think that's really, really good advice. Uh, this was so, so amazing. There's like so many nuggets in our conversation in this episode. I can't even begin. Uh, so I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much, Amon. This was so wonderful. I'm literally looking back at my 2019 self when we met and I'm like, this is just the coolest thing ever that you're my first guest on my podcast. I'm so honored and so, so inspired by you and to have you here. And I just want to say thank you for your time. I know, I know you are busy. Um, but thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of your wisdom and, and life experience. And I love, I love the advice. Let's all have more fun. You know what? Even in law school, you have to have fun. We do. We forget it along the way, right? Like lawyer, young lawyers come to me and they're like, I don't know what I enjoy doing anymore. I don't know what's fun. And I'm like, okay, come with me. We're going to, we're going to journal. We're going to like, we're going to do some things to help you because you know, that's yes. not... Of course, you're not going to want to stay practicing for very long, right? So yeah, let's it's not find sustainable. more ways. It's not yes. sustainable. Yeah. So thank you so much. I love this. And yeah, for me, it's also a full circle moment. And I'm a huge fan of yours, Lauren. And I just love watching everything that you're doing because you inspire me. I'm like, isn't this cool, Tom, that Lauren's doing this and Andrew's doing this? Like, So I just love that oh, because thank we're you. lawyers who are examples of something different that's possible um, and that you can do anything. Oh, thank you so much. That that means the world to me. Well, I'm so excited. I think this is going to be a big hit. I think everyone's going to love this episode. And I look forward to chatting with you soon. And I'm excited for our vision board party in August. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thanks, Aman. I'll talk to you soon.